it heard and ever bless it more. <clears throat> Enable us, we pray thee, by thy grace, at this time, to call upon thee for those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do thou turn us unto thyself, and then we shall call upon thy name. We know not what to ask for as we are. Sin has so blinded our mind and hardened our heart and seared our conscience that we are unable as we are of ourselves to think one good thought, unable to call upon thee unable to realize our own condition. But we would bless thee for the fact that thou openest thine eyes upon such. Thou dost have pity and compassion on those who are unable to do anything for themselves. Thou dost draw near unto such as are dead in trespasses and sins, to quicken them according to the riches of thy grace, and to make them sit together in heavenly places in Christ. And being quickened by thee, and instructed by thy word, strengthened by thy spirit, they draw near to thee in the exercise of faith, of hope, and of love, so that they do know what it is to have fellowship with thee communing with thee at the mercy seat, pouring out their heart in thy presence, and receiving the gifts of thy grace. They are humble and encouraged in the Lord, enabled to think in a measure what they are to think concerning thee and concerning that which thou requirest of them. May we be of this blessed number who are taught of the Lord 
who are enlightened to understand something of his grace through that covenant that was made before the world was and who therefore attribute their salvation in all its parts and in its entirety to the sovereign grace of him who worketh all things after his own will, who consulteth none, but doeth his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. Lord, may we have something of that humility, simplicity, and childlike docility that would cause us to hear thy voice, to receive thy word, giving heed thereto, laying it up in our heart as a great treasure, getting to know increasingly the testimony of thy church, who declared concerning thy word, I rejoice at thy word as one who receives assurance of Lord, be with us at this time, and be with all thy people wherever they are gathered this day. Do thou thyself be gracious unto them. May they be conscious of thy nearness, of thy presence blessing them with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Yea, may thy power be present with them to heal them. We are unworthy of the least of thy goodness, yet nothing short of thy greatest gift can meet our case. And at this time we would pray, blessed one, that thou wouldst look in compassion upon the inhabitants of the earth. There is turmoil, there is perplexity of nations. O Lord, in mercy look upon us. In mercy give us the wisdom that would seek our security and our salvation in thyself. We are so prone to take refuge in lies, so prone to rest in that which we ourselves can accomplish. Oh, Save us from this as individuals, as churches, and as nations, and give us to be fully persuaded of the fact 
that it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand, that the thoughts of men are but vanity. Be with all who are under thine afflicting hand. Lord, be near unto them in their affliction and tribulation. Do thou thyself comfort and strengthen them in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, restoring the sickest that is in accordance with thy work, with thy purpose, and preparing the dying for death. We would commit all things into thy gracious hands, for in thy hands they are. Be with us now, guiding and directing and teaching us, accepting of us in Christ, in whom thou shalt have the praise. Amen. chapter read. The book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 28. And we shall read again at verse 16. Isaiah 28 at verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the lie, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. <clears throat> this evening, We do not intend to deal um, in detail with these words, but rather to consider them in the context in which they appear. 
the word of the Lord is always up to date. There are uh, no circumstances, no crises in the history of men or nations that cannot be found in the word of the Lord. And furthermore, the remedy for all ills is prescribed in such a way as that he who runs may read. This chapter begins with a stern warning to the rulers of Ephraim, that is, the rulers of Israel. Their conduct of affairs is likened to the plundering of darkness. And that was true in both church and state. While it is not quite accurate to make that distinction in the theocracy at this time, yet we are accustomed to that phrase, church and state, that is, man's uh, whole government. The spiritual and the temporal affairs in which he is concerned are included in this. Well, in Israel, there was a lack of wisdom because there was lack of godliness. The fear of the Lord was not among the rulers, neither was it among the people. Everyone did what he thought right in his own eyes. And then as now, everyone had his own scheme for the betterment of things. There were there, there were many who professed to know how things should be conducted in order that there might be a big improvement. So everybody came forward with his own idea. And that is what always happens when the authority of God is discountenanced. Then men's views occupy the foreground. But, in general, <clears throat> there was this denunciation of uh, the whole land of Israel, and 
We know what this led to. The threatening was fulfilled. And Abraham was destroyed from his own land. But not only had the prophet a message to Israel, but there was also a message for Judah. They also, while they had not run to the same excess as Israel, yet they came under the rod of God's Chastisement. They also had their answer. They knew what should be done and furthermore they are secure in the knowledge that they had done it. They profess to have the discretion and the discernment to understand what the times called for. And they are not slow in informing the prophet of this. We have made this a covenant with death and an agreement with hell. Or as it may be translated here, an agreement with the grave. Our affairs are well looked after. Whatever may happen to Ephraim, we are saved. The spirit and then for the outlook of man has not changed through the age. The condition that obtained then is the condition that obtains now. It does not matter how the judgments of God may be known, may be made known in the earth. There are those men who maintain that they have looked after their interests. Whatever may befall, they are safe behind the fortifications of their own erection. They have made a covenant. Now it is more than likely that there is at least a tacit allusion here to the political pact that had been um, signed by Judah and Assyria. The strong one referred to here is definitely Assyria. I bring a strong one who will come like an overflowing flood upon the land. That was the king of Assyria with his arts. But Judah, in the reign of Hezekiah, had entered into a pact or a covenant with Assyria. 
So whatever may happen. To Israel? They were secured. They had made a covenant. They relied, in other words, on their politics. Again, we say, the spirit of man has not changed. What was then is the very same thing that we have to do. <clears throat> Machinery is set up. By man. For his own defense. And in this machinery, he is confident. Without this lightest reference to the Lord God Almighty, who reigns in heaven and on earth. Men make pacts. They enter into covenants. They do this and they do that. And they feel sure that all is to be well. All is to be well with. <clears throat> and on this basis, they were ready not only to tell Isaiah what they had done, and what they expected. But they were not slow to tell him that he had better go somewhere else. His message was something that I did not wish to hear. But that wasn't all. They considered his message so childish that it wasn't worthy of a year. Listen to what they say. Whom shall he teach knowledge? As if they had said, who are you teaching anyway? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are wind from the milk and drawn from the breasts. Now the import of that is this. Do you think that we are babies? Do you think that we do not know what we are doing? Why come with that message to us? We are far in advance of what you are proclaiming. That's what I said then. That is what I said now. A reference to the sovereignty of God in the councils of nations. And alas, in the councils of churches is considered an impertinence. Say other things. 
but certainly do not refer to the sovereignty of God. That is, that he does his will. In the arms of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And my friends, this voice is um, raised aloud today. There is talk of crisis among nations. There is talk of this and that. And immediately, there is suggested what ought to be done. But the suggestion never has reference to the sovereignty of God. No, that is ruler. If we do this and that, and have we not done this and that, and have we not the right to expect that certain things should follow, from our diligence and our achievement. Yes, certain things will come. And they are said clearly before us, here by the prophet. Your covenant with them shall not die. Your agreement with hell shall be disannulled. That is, all you have done goes for nothing. It is not worth anything. It is utterly useless. It will not stand. And what happens when the overflowing flood will come? You have the very thing in which your confidence was placed will itself be swept away by the storm. Where then will you have come? That in general and in few words is the context in which our text appears. That was the situation in Judah to which the reference is here in particular. Now the Lord to his prophet told them clearly that their refuge, that is, that in which their confidence was placed that to which they looked to save them in the day of trouble was a refuge of life. Not only was it utterly useless, but there was good attached to the very act of looking to it for help. It was a refuge of lives. They should never have placed their confidence in it at all. It was 
founded on lies. It was built with lies. Therefore, it was to be swept away. The lie that consists in denying the counsel of God. The lie that comes from the evil one who is a liar and the father of the lie that consists in looking to anything or anyone but God for security both in this life and in that which is to come. The storm shall sweep away the refuge of lies. Now how that how this works out in an ordinary life, but is in the ordinary thinking of men and women. Uh, the many forms it takes are so numerous that we could not even enumerate them, supposing we tried. And we have no intention of trying. What we are interested in at the moment is the basic principle underlying the council of nations and churches. Now it is in this context that we have the words I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. This in contrast with the refuge of lies, the covenant with death and with hell that these people made. Behold, I live. As if the Lord had said, this is what you have done. This is your work. But this is mine. This is mine. You are working. So am I. You are thinking. So am I. But you thought are not my fault. Neither are your ways my ways. Let the Lord I lay in Zion. <clears throat> and immediately there is set before the people the two alternatives. They must either trust in their own refuge of lies or in the foundation, the sure foundation, the tribe, the precious stone, which the Lord lays inside. They are the old alternatives. God or the thief. The work of man or the work of God. 
Now there is no escaping. These alternatives. There is no getting around them. They face us. And notice what comes after that. Judgment also will I lay to the light and righteousness to the plummet. The reference, of course, is to our <clears throat> The line and the plummet. These were the tests of whether the building was straight. <clears throat> and this is the test that the Lord has applied. And the plummet and the line he uses are judgment and righteousness. I will apply these in the day that I arise to judge the earth. And the hand that applies them cannot err. And there is nothing wrong, and there can be nothing wrong, with the plummet and the lie. And when nations and individuals are subjected to this cause, to a triumph by righteousness and judgment, there can be but one result, namely, man's gift as an individual and as a being in society, men and nations are guilty. And the Lord says also that this will be a thorough examination. There is nothing superficial about it. It is to try the heart and the ways. Tried in this way. We are indeed found worthy all our works, all our doings, all our confidence, all our hopes, clumber to the ground. Nothing is left but ashes. <coughs> But closely joined with that is the words that are the words that come before. Behold, I laid silent. As if the Lord had said, What is it going to be? Whose work shall stand? Whose counsel shall stand? On which side 
Ario. How shall you appear? How shall you appear when sifted? In this way, how do nations appear? The hypocrisy of the heart of man comes out every time when the Lord lays judgment to the light and righteousness to the brother. Now, in conclusion, there is one thing to which I should like to draw your attention. When there is danger, as there is now, of temporal judgments, there seems to be great concern among the people, and that is right. There seems to be anxiety in all quarters. The heart of men failing them for what is to come upon the earth. Men ought to learn righteousness when God's judgments are in the earth. But my friends, this very fact points to another one. The temporal judgments of the Lord. For after all, whatever happens in this world, however awful it may be, it is only temporal. Only temporal. But these temporal judgments of God, if they are looked upon that way, or whichever way they are looked upon, seem to cause much anxiety. But God everlasting judgment. There are certain preachers, just to take an instance, and they seem to delight in scaring men, or trying to scare them, with the idea of the atomic bomb. The idea of nuclear warfare, the sufferings it will bring. My friends, that is not worthy of consideration. In comparison, with the hell to which the impenitent sinner is born. If there was nothing to fear but nuclear warfare, we could snap our fingers. It could only last at worst a short time. But I tell you whom he should fear. Not those who have power to destroy the body. I tell you whom you should fear. Fear him who has power to destroy both body and soul in hell. I say unto you, fear him. Fear him. And fraud with danger as it is to have the counsels of state based upon impiety and infidelity. It is nothing compared with 
The flight of that soul who for eternity is hiding himself in a refuge of life. That the storm will sweep away to irretrievable and remediless destruction. Let us keep the balance in our thinking. <clears throat> there can be, <clears throat> and may God in his mercy save us from it, from the temporal punishment, the temporal pain and distress that may come upon men in this world. Yes, that's true. It is something that ought to be feared, not so much for itself, but feared as the judgment of God. Feared as the expression of his indignation. That is how it should be used. But while due prominence is given to that, while its own place is assigned to it, and always remember that the destiny of our soul is of unspeakable higher concern, or that needs to be of unspeakably higher concern than anything that may come upon us or that can come upon us in this life. And what what is the remedy? I lay inside a cornerstone, a foundation stone, a pressure stone. I lay it. And the man is wise who builds thereon. No foundation can be made for that which is laid already. Even and the man who is on that foundation is safe and secure. Whatever that may have, though hell breaks loose, the man who is on this foundation is safe everlastingly in the arms of God. The work of man or the work of God, man's foundation or God's foundation, our thoughts or God's thoughts, we repeat, these are the authorities, and may God preserve us from trying to avoid them. Let us realize what the issues are. And in the strength of God's grace, may we be found in the day of the over, Lord God, resting safely and securely on the foundation of God.
And not in a refuge of lies that the flood sweep away. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, bless us. At best, we are poor creatures. Poor in our understanding of what thou dost set before us. Poor in our apprehension of the revelation thou givest of thyself. Slow to take advantage of what thou dost command. Yet we would look unto thee to be made wise and to be strengthened in the inner man that we may be on that foundation which cannot be shaken. Yea, that Christ may be formed in our hearts by faith, so that in the day of trial, in the day of tribulation, we shall be safe under the shadow of the Almighty, and not only safe there, but be received by Him. It is Lord. Blessed to us thy dealings with us. Blessed to us the word of truth. Blessed to us that thy judgments are abroad in the earth. Give us to give heed thereto. Lift up on us the light of thy countenance and take away all our sins. For the Redeemer's sake. Amen. Cha.